Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. If you made a horror movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you have a horror anthology movie? Forget the horror and bring on the Christmas? Why you get the film, All the Creatures Were Sleeping. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. And this time I have got a special guest. Why don't you say hello there, Richard? Hello everyone, this is the good tidings and cheer merchant coming all the way from Australia. Sydney, Australia right now, so we're really stretching the time zones here, Brian. You all the way over in California, you you big bastard. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. How are you doing? It's been a long time since we've had you on the podcast. And I am doing very well. Last met, I suppose the last episode that we had was Event Horizon, a movie close to my heart. It wasn't really terrible, but uh, you indulged me all the same when we recorded that. And I've been traveling the world. I suppose I used to be in Dublin and maybe we recorded the first time I was actually in California as well. I was in San Diego, I believe, when we did a... Death Factory and Tusk. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and uh, the Gate 2. <laughs> uh, exactly, and the Gate 2. And I am now down in Sydney, Australia. So after spending a couple of months across Southeast Asia, so I am, you know, all traveled up. So we're settled here now finally with terrible internet. What a day to be recording. How have you been, Brian? <laughs> I've been doing well. You, you were the very first guest for this podcast, the very first person to reach out and say, hey, let's do an episode together. Uh, and uh, we've been chatting ever since. And uh, it's, been, it's been crazy. I mean, we've both gone different. You've become your own big podcaster in your own way as well with the, uh, the Bizarre Cast, which just hit its third anniversary, if I'm not correct. Or is it second? Uh, I think... I think I'm a year behind you. It's into the third season, the second anniversary. Yes, I even forgot to plug myself. You covered me there, Brian. <laughs> I am. It, it was the first time we recorded. I was about a week away from rec- recording my first episode as well. So you were kind of had a hand in me starting podcasting. So it's the bizarre cast, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening. It's B A Z double A R 
cast. And recently we've changed focus a little bit of the show. Um, I have actually Robert Christopher. He's on helping me hosting sort of kind of movie discussions as opposed to it used to be two years of interviews. But as you know yourself this morning, Brian, it's getting really hard to line up the time zones, especially if I want to get any decent celebrity who's over in Hollywood. Uh, it's a nightmare time zones wise, and no one's going to want to speak to me at the weekend except you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and Robert seems like. Yes, well, he's he's a good guy. He's the MVP. Um, he is available when I need him, which is usually at the weekend. So he's really helping me out there. And I think we have some good discussions. So you should all have a listen. We recently did a really successful Monster Madness for, for Halloween, but it's probably some of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded. It's really good fun. I think you listened to a few as well. I did. I was waiting for you to hit Godzilla when you did. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit uh, telegraphed early that it was going to be Godzilla. But spoiler alert, guys! No, that was uh, it. It's definitely fun to like see how your episodes have grown, and I really liked your anniversary special, uh, just because I got to listen to one of the first unaired versions of the Bizarre Cast and actually see where you've gone, where you've come from. Yeah, well, it was kind of like talking about movies, and then the anniversary sort of mirrored that. And in a, in a strange way, I didn't even realize because I was too cringe to even listen back before I inserted <laughs> the, the unaired episode. But I was speaking about Suspiria 2018, and I actually had mentioned Suspiria 1977 in the first unaired episode. So it was a kind of a coincidental that uh, I was talking about the same movie. So uh, spooky. <laughs> Oh, well, you know what they say, it's too spooky for me. Exactly, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I've been up to the last two years, podcasting away, um, you know, enjoying the fruits of my labor, traveling the world, and uh, that's about that. But today, what are we talking about? You need to introduce I need to introduce whole... this fun, fun movie. So, uh, what we're going to be talking about today, if you didn't notice already by the title, uh, is All the Creatures Were Stirring. Now, this is a brand new film uh, that came out... I want to say towards the end of 2017, but got a wide release in 2018. And it's directed by a husband and wife duo. Uh, and it's an uh, anthology style film. So there are five different stories in this film with an overarching, uh, I guess you can say, story. <laughs> like, it just seems like it's it's there to be there. It's the, These people, they, are, they met up on Christmas. Uh, is it Christmas or Christmas Eve? For some reason, I, I keep thinking it's Christmas Eve. I don't know. It was a Christmas-themed story. Like, I don't mind anthologies that have a central sort of hub story. I don't know how you call it. You know, it's like a backbone or... Yeah. Sort of like, so they had a backbone. Um, I suppose to just explain, there was people out on a date and they're going to like this um, abstract... Uh, uh, theater, theater. I can't even speak. Theater. Uh, <laughs> well, it show. is super early for you over there compared yeah, to me. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it was actually quite. I enjoyed that part the most, except for the ending. Uh, well, I won't jump straight to the ending, but the the abstraction of the stories that was done in the play was actually fun. I thought. Yeah, I, I did think that, uh, like the way that they set up the scenes. Um, the running gag of the ticket taker slash uh, ticket seller slash popcorn person, um, like her attitude to everything that was going on, like it felt kind of quirky, kind of fun. 
Um, but it was really weird how it was paced amongst all of the stories. Um, I wish there was, especially like you say, how it ends, which we'll we'll get to eventually. But like that was the probably one of the more uh, until the ending, like well paced parts of the film. Um, there's definitely one segment of this that is terrible, absolutely terrible, and we'll get to that one. Um, but it's it's all like they're watching the live interpretations of the story and what we get to see between each one is the actual like story being like if it was you know if they were sitting in a movie theater and watching them instead of watching these people like these three people just reenact the small segments of the movie so yeah exactly i'd say without further ado why don't we go ahead and get into the film and uh, let's meet our two star characters of the overarching hub story Thanks for calling me. Yeah, I saw we were both orphans on this holiday and figured we might as well be orphans together. Well, anything's better than being alone on Christmas Eve. Yeah. That sounded awful. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. So, uh, what is this? I have no idea, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's the only thing playing tonight. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> Although, looks like a hot ticket. Hope we can get a seat. Don't worry. I made reservations. Smart man. So that's Max and Jenna. And they're there basically, I guess, to have their first date. I don't know if you want to call it a first date. Uh, even he later on asks, is this a date? <laughs> um, and so they go inside to get their tickets. Uh, and that's where we meet the blonde-haired girl that has basically a pissed-off expression of why the hell I need to be there. And then there's the one old guy that's in the back that is the... Uh, unsuspicious suspicious guy that's the only way i could really describe him like oh he's gonna have something to do with this because he's acting all weird in the background and yet you know we're not supposed to pay much attention to him at the same time yeah well like my big deal of the first since it was like that popcorn girl or the ticket girl or whatever she had just like a resting bitch face that is like straight out of <laughs> betty crocker's cookie sensation because it was just so cliche of just like, oh, I'm a teen, but not really a teen, like clearly in her like late 20s. And, you know, it was just it was so stereotypical, like the movie was a movie of stereotypes. It was like as if someone, um, you know, mailed off for like parts of a movie and it was self-assembly, like something out of Ikea. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, it you, pretty you much. You really did pick a doozy for today, Brian. Oh, I know. Do you hey, know how to pick them? It's no death house, okay? <laughs> that was probably one of the worst I've, I've ever seen I don't think you can go lower than that well I think you, but I did you already I did made make me... you watch 666 the demon child <laughs> that's what I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> that's probably one of the lowest uh this you know necessarily not but uh like some of the stories probably rival those as well so they get into the theater and it's completely packed uh and there was a guy over in the corner I thought was Paul of Tompkins but turns out it wasn't him after I uh, got onto the computer and had a closer inspection of the screen. Um, and everybody's packed to watch the first story, which happens to be called uh, The Stockings Were Hung. Now, I don't know how the name titles necessarily like match to the story content. I think maybe only one kind of does. This one, I'm not totally sure. And this one is actually dealing with an office Christmas party as we hear it begin. Yeah, I'm still on hold. Do you ever get a negative answer to that question? 
I gotta be out of here by six. <laughs> Darren will nail you before you get anywhere near that exit. Yeah. Can you see if you can get that clean this time? I gotta get the twins' toys together when I get home. I heard it's mandatory now because Suzanne bawled her eyes out when no one showed up last year. Oh, shit, the gift exchange. So they're all getting gifts together for the gift exchange. And, of course, there's that one guy that forgets the damn gifts and decides to put, like, a globe with a bunch of paper clips and, and, like, seals it and then wraps it up in office paper. Yeah, I mean, God, this story. I know we're starting it, but, oh, man. Full disclosure, audience. I knew this was going to be terrible. So I had gotten the movie and there's a lovely, fantastic feature on the VLC video player. You can actually watch it at higher speeds. So I cut down <laughs> my life by a factor of three. I was listening at triple speed. Or not listening, Jesus. I was watching at triple speeds. So it was like a wild rush. I watched like an hour and 20 minutes in 25 minutes. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> See, you cheated. <laughs> I-, I did cheat. I, I was putting like, this. Uh, I know Brian. I, I was like, I know Brian's trying to torture me. <laughs> I'm not trying to torture I, you that bad. I could have made you watch something else. Uh, there's plenty of things no, I, I could have I tortured you. I watched the trailer because you were like, "Hey, you messaged me," and you're like, "Hey, have you seen this movie or heard of it?" And I was like, "Oh no, I thought it was going to be something at least half decent." And then I found the trailer, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so terrible!" And I just had to make sure. So I was like, "Brian, is this it?" And you're like, "It sure is." <laughs> I was like, "No." <laughs> No. Well, the, the thing was, is I heard the director, um, the a lady, and the name escapes me right now, and I'll probably look it up as we go through one of the other clips. But uh, <laughs> she was on another podcast I listened to, and she was talking about this, and I was, it made me interested in it, just the way that she talked about it, and she probably talked me up. And then when I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, it's probably not as good as she's saying it is, but it's perfect for the podcast at the same time. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's go ahead and do it. Um, yeah, I mean, your experience right there is like most of my interviews, which is like, oh, wow, this sounds really interesting. And then uh, it doesn't work out so well. Let's uh, put it nicely. <laughs> well, but at least I, I, I didn't do uh, the film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You couldn't put no one should have put their name to this movie. It's very bad. <laughs> so it's uh, Mrs. and Missy Smith or Smithy or whatever it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So they all gather in the room where they're going to have the the Christmas party, uh, and well, we'll just listen to how the rules of the game for it work. It's been a good year for Chemways. We've seen some pretty good growth across the board. So I would like to take this moment to dole out some individual congratulations on a job well done. Uh, we're gonna have to put a pin in that. I've got to hop on this call. Spencer, can I get you to take over? Go for Darren. Uh, 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 Suzanne, you wanted to go over some rules. Uh, yes, thank you. Okay, here are the rules. Someone will open a gift, and the next person who opens one can either keep the gift or they can steal someone else's already open gift. Got it? (laughs) This is going to be so much fun! (laughs) Okay, so they're going to play some type of shitty white elephant. Have you ever been involved in a white elephant before? Uh, No, but I'm familiar with that sort of gift exchange. Uh, My partner in crime here, Maeve, she actually had one in her office, and uh, 
we got these really weird she ended up because you can steal the gifts obviously so i think there was one gift that i i bought for her gift exchange it was did you ever hear of hop house 13 it's a beer it was just introduced it was just introduced it's a guinness branded beer and uh, it was just introduced in australia so that was the most popular gift it was stolen five times oh jeez yeah yeah we ended up with it it's like flasks but it's uh obviously this is like an audio podcast so i can't really show you um it's (laughs) like a a flask but there's a shape of a, a beer bottle in the flask so you can pour a beer into it and there's also a flask with a wine glass inside as well so it's kind of like a i don't know a smuggling beer in but it's clear it's weird it's uh it was probably the most practical gift that seems awfully weird to have a flask that has a beer bottle and a wine glass inside of it like are you supposed to mix it yeah the <laughs> uh, <laughs> or is it like like a, a switch photo. for your thumb th- a tongue or something about thumb? what the fuck's <laughs> wrong with me so it's like a, a beer bottle upside down but like like a plastic shape um i'll have to if anyone wants to know what it looks like send me a message and uh, i'll happily provide <laughs> photographic evidence of this weird gift that we got so yeah. so they, well they decide to start playing the game and of course the first person that picks one of the gifts she gets like homemade balsamic vinegar from one of the people <laughs> like even then i know there's like shitty gifts whenever you have like an office christmas exchange because Usually the gifts are like, oh, it's only $25 you can spend, and nobody really cares about what other people are unless you're good friends with somebody, and if you didn't happen to pick their name, then you're kind of screwed. Um, but still, it's just like, who who thinks like, oh, here, I'm going to give you homemade salmonella or homemade E. coli, and that's going to be the gift that you're going to take home to your family. Yeah, I mean, we did Secret Santa last year in my last office, and the gifts are so crap, like either have some sort of liquor or don't bother because we got it was like a a drinking game golf set it was like beer pong except golf and it was like different par cards then of like oh get a hole in one blah 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 so i never used this for the whole year and before we were moving down to australia we were like you know trying out everything so i was like oh we haven't used this maybe let's try it right now this morning and or not this morning, but we were like, oh, we'll have a few drinks and we'll try this drinking game. It was so bad. It was like unplayable. I was like, why did someone spend money on this? We just had to like throw it straight in the bin. It was terrible. Like gift exchanges, especially at work, are so, so bad. I know. We, we have know to this, go through if, one if on If you Friday. don't know someone. Oh, man. I know. I'm not terrible. excited. <laughs> well, it can well, be just, as terrible as this something. one. Yeah. I mean, this... This one actually wasn't so bad. I would mind some balsamic vinegar for all the summer salads I'm going to have because the weather is beautiful down here. 27 degrees. I'm probably going to be having a picnic on the beach for Christmas Day, Brian. So I would need some balsamic vinegar. Well, you better not have the second gift, which was the gun that shot the guy in the forehead. Um, (laughs) That's not the gift that you'd want to pick. And, of course, everybody starts freaking out inside of the room. And it's truly the worst white elephant anybody's been inside of. And that's when the phone starts to ring. And then it turns into, like, a saw-type situation. You all die. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who is this? Interrupt me again, Spencer, and I'll eat your fucking heart. <laughs> what is that? I'm filling the room with gas. <laughs> Don't listen. You're all gonna die. <laughs> I've added a few presents of my own. Take turns opening them. <laughs> Some could save you, but <laughs> if you live, I'll let you go. And if you don't play, you die. <laughs> You have 10 minutes. So saying that it was like a poor man's saw, but also Would You Rather, which was another terrible movie. I think you should actually watch it for the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there was so much wrong with this little short because poor man's saw stuck in an office and the filmmakers had no idea how basically gas works or, you know, that gas fills a space. You know, it's not like localized. doesn't work like that. Um because there is a few gas-related injuries in this short, and only one person seems to get affected, where everyone else is still in the room. But it was uh, it was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> and this it is was just the first one. And this is just the first one. It's it's pretty terrible. I mean, they all start freaking out because they have to play the game, and they don't know what's going on with the different boxes, and they choose to choose the other presents that are there. And we go through kind of a. A picking off of the different people in the room, uh, whereas first is is the one dude that made the shitty gift, uh, and then we have you know uh, they look outside and the boss is dead and there's like green gas on the outside, yet none of it is able to leak in through the vents uh, of the room. But he starts putting his own type of gas into the room in like a slower leak. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And yeah, as as if like an office room has airtight doors as well that it wouldn't leak out oh, yeah. i was basically just saying that like when was it the the heavier black lady she like opens up some gas or something and she dies she opens up and one of the gifts that's the bullet so the the guy that does it next is spencer and he gets a gun but there's no bullets and then she opens one that's just a bullet and she's in the corner choking on the gas Oh, yeah, so she's in the corner choking, but everyone else is fine for the gas. That just kind of made no sense to me. That's like physics 101. Yeah. Uh, everyone knows if you fart in a room, someone at the other end can smell the fart. Uh, that's just how gas works. Well, it doesn't make any sense um, either because Manny goes over to her as she's choking on the gas to like help her, who happens to be one of the other characters in there, and he starts trying to like pull her away, but he's not affected by the gas. She's the only one affected by the gas and like chokes herself out in that corner, even though he's over there for a good... 10 to 15 seconds, about as long as she is. Yeah, no, it was very, very bad. And I didn't really understand how the person that ended up escaping escaped. Why couldn't everyone else do that? So, Like, she basically held her breath and ran out, but, like, why couldn't everyone else hold their breath and run out? So what what ended up happening was that she... Okay, so you have... The the first thing that goes on is the, the one dude opens it up, gets shot in the head, then they find the gun, and then they... Um, Scott, who happens to be like a, I don't know, some other dorky guy that's there, um, he gets, they find out that one of the girls and the guy that got shot in the head, they've been sleeping together uh, and messing around, and he's like into her, and Manny blames him, beats him up, and then he grabs the knife and kills himself, um, 
which actually leads Didn't to understand this. understand that either. It made no sense. Neither do I, but I, I do love the killer's little thing when uh, it's not Scott. Shut the card. Kara, shut the card. Shut the damn card! Wait a minute. Oh, shit. Little Scotty boy has a thing for Alyssa. Who cares about that right now? No. No, no, think about it. I'm onto something here. So what was it, Scott? Were you in love with her? <laughs> Must have been a little bitch know she was fucking tied. Knock it off, Manny. Get off me. He's trapped in here with the rest of us. Yeah, Ty's brains are all over the wall. The sick cycle probably got off on it. Oh, Manny, stop. Think about it, Spencer. It was him. No one gets in this building without security clearance. It had to be one of us. And I'm picking this jealous psycho. No, oh. <laughs> Tell your friend outside to turn off the gas and open the door. It was. It was. It's over! Let's <laughs> out! That's enough! So I went a little long on the clip, but <laughs> it was meant to mostly be the second one. But what the hell? So that's Scott, and uh, it wasn't Scott. He kills himself, and then the killer calls in. And uh, I I felt like that was probably the best part of the whole stupid thing was where he was just like pretending to cry about Scott, and then boom, he's like, well, well nobody told you to stop. And then that's where the, uh, the big lady, she dies in the corner. Uh, and then you have Spencer... Um, they find out that they were, you know, they were going to be, uh, what, firing people there. And he had suggested that Manny, who happens to be the guy that beat up Scott, uh, be the one to get fired. And that's Manny finds that out on a tablet. And so all of a sudden you have him trying to go after Spencer. Spencer gets the bullet, tries to shoot Manny. Manny's got the knife. But then you find the one girl that's been fucking the other guy, Ty, that got shot in the head. Uh, she has a gas mask. And that was one of the gifts that was left over. And so it fades from here, and the big reveal is that the janitor is the one that did everything, or has been doing everything, and he's got a gas mask out in the hallway. And you hear the well, bullet being shot. Or unless yeah, he was the I only mean, one being saved by whoever the killer was. But just to go back to opening the gifts, it was pretty much like someone was putting like their eyeball like straight next to the, the wrapping paper. If I knew there was like a bomb or a gun that was going to shoot you, I'd be like throwing the presents against the wall and making sure they didn't explode and stuff. Um, that would just be me. I wouldn't be like opening it and pointing it in front of my face after just seeing a guy's head getting blown off. Oh, well, I wouldn't come on. be doing that. You know that you'd be like, oh, okay, let's shake the box and find out what's going on here. Let me put it as close yeah, to my exactly. head They're as like possible. Shaking the box and yeah, you know, like listening, putting it up to their ear. Well, and even one of the girl says it could be a bomb. That's why she puts the the chair in the corner, right? She's like, okay, if you're gonna open it, you're gonna open it in this corner. Like, if it's a no, bomb, it's no, not even don't a put the chair in the you. corner. Yeah, don't put the chair in the corner. Just throw the presents in the corner and make sure they don't like explode or shoot. Because, you know, if it's a sensitive package, you can just throw it against the wall and it will go off. Um, 
that would just be me, Brian. I think we would have both got out. I think if it was like, follow me, I have the gas mask, hold your breath, we'd get out. We'd get out alive. Yeah, we may be able to make it out just fine, but they basically all fight over it, and she's the one that gets away with the gas mask. Like, the whole thing, like, this this is, like, it's okay acted, like, in terms, it's still terrible, but compared to, I think, a couple of the other ones, um, maybe it actually is the worst acted out of all of them, I don't know. Actually, the fourth one is pretty damn terrible in general. But um, it's really, like, it's not very cohesive. Like, what are we trying to figure out? Is it just that we're trying to figure out who the killer is, just who is going to survive? It seems like it starts and ends. Like, this could be just more of a like a half the movie, like a half an hour special type thing. Instead, it's crammed into like 12 minutes. Yeah, I mean, like I see what they were trying to do, but with these movies, I always just kind of have to maintain, like unless you're making a movie that is breaking new ground, this was just like a re, a retread completely. It's just like, oh, right, this is Saw in an office, or this is Would You Rather, or it's like the Belco experiment. It, it was just like, this, why did you bother, you know? That's what I always have to think with these i'm just like why did you bother trying to make this you're not doing anything new there was nothing brought to the table every single character was just like straight out of again betty crocker's cookies <laughs> like <laughs> ridiculous ridiculous yeah. carry on yeah I, I completely agree like i said there's no real resolution other than the redheaded girl gets out yeah but it was like you know sassy black woman who's a bit older like check check mark you know it was like nerdy dude who's a bit autistic. Check, uh, you know the good-looking black guy who's not really good at his job, but he's kind of hanging around because he's probably banging people. Check, you know, it was just everything was. <laughs> really, just... I thought that was the brunette. <laughs> yeah, but not the, necessarily the black, the brunette black as well. guy. Yeah, but then no, but then it was like the the one that was banging the other guy. She was, she was office like, whore. Yeah, the office whore. You know, it's just like oh god, you know, it's like this just so obvious. It's just, like, it's so boring, because it's like, I know what's going to happen. Someone's going to escape, you know? Yeah, but it's, it's just like... Why why even show us the, the janitor in the gas mask? That's like, that was my big thing. Like, all of a sudden, they're fighting over the stuff, and the janitor's just sitting there watching him with the gas mask on. I'm just like, okay, so he's... Well, yeah, because... He's it. If you're going to do one of these stories, yeah, if you're going to do one of these stories, it has to be obvious from the first scene who it's going to be so you can't just throw in the janitor at the end it's a it's akin really if you're doing a movie or a book and it's like and it was all a dream they woke up you know it's like what <laughs> this is such a cop-out yeah it's like, it could have been anyone it could have been anyone in the gas mask it could have been a demon could have been santa claus could have been the ceo like just because it was a janitor at the end it makes no difference it's not like a gotcha it's like no there was no way that we could tell. And why would it be the janitor? What is the janitor's motivations? Is he sick of standing by, cleaning up people's shit, cleaning up the cum on top of the copier? What's he going to do? Is he just sick of that shit? Well, How did he get a gun in? How did he get into the gift exchange? If there was only seven people in the gift exchange, why is there 20 gifts up on the table? Is no one asking these questions, Brian? Is well, no one it, in the it, office paranoid? It seems like you're the only one asking these questions, uh, which means, again, that you'd probably be the one that survives this. Like, you'd see it be like, nope, I've seen this before. I need to get the fuck out of here. Um, you guys enjoy your death fucking gift exchange over here. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'd be throwing <laughs> oh, the presents. I was about to say, I, you were going to say, oh, I've been in one of these before, and so I know how to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, no, but the thing is, like, this is what annoys me as well. If they know the office, because obviously bloody work there. Yeah. So... 
like I know for a fact I could leave my office in one breath. You know, I could hold my breath and like walk out. So, you know, there's no office that's going to be that big that that you need a, a gas mask all the way out because she looked like she just ran out like a fire exit. Yeah, it didn't look like she had to travel that far. It's not like it was. I understand this is like all takes place in L.A. And actually, I think they use the UCB feeder in L.A., one of their locations to do the filming for the movie. Um, okay. But uh, even so, like, it doesn't seem like she's in one of those like 20 story, you know, skyscraper office buildings. She looks like she's in one of those like cheap, like like you said, first floor offices that startup businesses use. Yeah, exactly. No, it was, um, it was a poor opener. And usually with these anthologies, the opener is the strongest. So yeah. it was all downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, so from that's basically the end of it is that she gets out and we go over to the second story and we actually get the start of the second story uh, while they are watching the play. So this is one of those weird situations where we actually watch them kind of sort of acted out uh, and then it transitions over to what actually happens. closing in five minutes. Please take your purchases to the nearest available register. From all of us here at Headley's Department Store, we'd like to wish you a very happy holiday. And so that's when we see our main guy of this story, and he's grabbing all these gifts together. And he is calling his wife, basically letting her know that he's gotten everything that he could from this random store that's in the middle of nowhere. And when he gets to his car, uh, he's able to, like, unlock. He's got the worst fucking car ever because he just it constantly unlocks and locks itself. Like, the entire time while he's trying to get into it, he's able to put his stuff inside of the car. But once he gets it inside the car, he leaves his keys because one of the doors doesn't shut all the way. Like, and I couldn't tell if this was a situation that he's the one that did it or the, you know, there was like the remote control. Cause I, I kind of get it maybe with the lock situation. Maybe there's a remote control or whatever the fuck is going on. But like the door is like slightly left ajar. Like, did that make yeah. any sense to you? Yeah. I was going to say it was, it was unclear whether it was a fault in the door or whether it was like supernatural that they like, you know, cause uh, we'd obviously get into it, but he meets these two girls and I was just wondering, was it them that were, you know, remotely unlocking, unlocking his car just to trap him? Because obviously they, uh, they knew of something about him. I won't jump ahead too far, but I thought maybe it was like supernatural that was like fucking up his car, basically. That's what I thought. Yeah. And as well, again, from the outset, it's like, oh, the cliche of the disinterested <laughs> guy on the intercom who's like, oh, happy holidays. You'd be fired in two seconds if you're that shit. It's customer service. And the the next stereotype, which really pisses me off, is like, oh, men are such shit bags. They get nothing together and they only do the shopping on Christmas Eve. It's just like, oh, fuck yourself. Like, no one does that. Well, and no, and that, that shop wouldn't even be open. I don't know about you, but I've I've shopped at the last possible minute before for something. Listen, I gave <laughs> you an out there, Brian. I gave you an out. <laughs> we were we were trying to elevate ourselves to be bigger than him, and you you sold yourself out. Is what you did. <laughs> That's what I did. Uh, no, but, it was like Christmas Day. It was Christmas Day yeah, or Christmas night. It was, it was yeah. It was Christmas Eve, I believe, because um, tomorrow was his birthday. Like, that was the uh, whole thing. So, here, here is this first situation where he meets the girls and he's asking them for help. 
Hello? I locked my keys. Hey there. I'm so sorry to bother you. I locked myself out of my car. I was wondering if you had a phone I could borrow. You don't have a phone? Yeah, no, I have one. I just locked it in my car with my keys. That sucks. Uh, yeah, it does. So do you have one I could borrow? Just to call roadside assistance? Hello? Sasha, you're making a mess. A prepaid. So please don't use up all our minutes. No problem. I'll be quick. Okay, so again, it's obvious girls who aren't fucking obvious enough to, like, bother him. Like, there's obviously something that they're doing here. Like, they're the only car in the parking lot. They've got this ratty-ass van. It is, like, 70s fucking sex van that's sitting back in the corner. Like, it should have a unicorn on the side of the goddamn van. Uh, or it should be the mystery machine, because they're out with Scooby-Doo trying to solve fucking mysteries at, you know, 11 o'clock at night here in the middle exactly. of nowhere. And he just waltzes up, and then the person barely rolls down the window to talk to him. And then, here's a burner phone. Like, that automatically doesn't mean, like, okay, well, maybe I need to just not use their stuff and just walk away. But why even say, oh, this is a burner phone? I'm like, yeah, you can use my phone. But I thought they were going to actually do a gag where it was like you didn't see the person and it was just like speaking through the window kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the two popped out and I was like, oh, wow, did you literally just jump out of the 1970s? Because even their <laughs> outfits and everything was the 1970s. But with these short films, again, there was no suspense or anything because like, you knew that that car had to be central to the plot because it has to be like you know, 10 or 15 minutes. So there there kind of wasn't, it was like, oh, is that car going to do anything? It's like, no, that car has to do something because there's nothing else happening in this little short kind of thing. So, Um, but yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I think, a fault of every one of these stories is that there's, you know, they're all obvious in their nature because they're so damn short. But I want to play a quick clip um, only Uh, because it's important to what happens later on but really when you first kind of see it or hear it uh, it's not really hi i like my keys in my car eric turner remember number is 3433-1d date of birth is 122581 <laughs> thanks yeah i'd really rather not spend my birthday in a parking lot so please tell me you can send someone soon All right, well, if they could get here a lot sooner than that, I'd really appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Thanks. So he uses their phone to basically call AAA and get them, you know, get him out of his car. They ask him, hey, do you want to hang out with us? Um, And it seems like it's going to be one of those, like, knock-knock situations with Keanu Reeves. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie where the girls all of a sudden show up to the house and then, you know, they torture him and everything like that. At least he's smart enough to say, no, I'm going to go back to my car. Yeah. Oh, I mean, God, this one. It was good. It was probably, I would actually say that this was the best one or maybe the second best one of the, all the shorts. But yeah, still kind of thinking about it now. We haven't obviously got to the, the crux of the whole story, but I have a little bit to say on it. But it was it was interesting, I suppose. Uh, it was a good concept. But uh, given that it centers around the birthday being 
Christmas uh, brings up a lot of questions, but I don't I don't want to spoil it quite yet. What do you have to say on the matter? So, yeah, I, I kind of feel like you. Uh, I feel like this is probably the best one out of all of them. Um, and we'll, we'll rank them all at the end of the episode as well as give the overall grade for everything. But it was it's definitely like I, I, I wanted a little more of this specifically. Like it was interesting enough when we get to the point, which we'll get to in a second. But um, like I wanted to actually learn more about everything that's going on. Like This is something I would rather have maybe flushed out into like a full either a full length movie or a full short on its own. Give it, you know, 40, 50 minutes uh, and don't call it a movie. Cause I think that the idea here is very interesting, but it's hard to stomach what's going on in the amount of time that they give this one. Yeah, exactly. I think if they reworked it, obviously uh, we're beating around the bush here. Cause I suppose we need to reveal it now <laughs> so we can get into so, the, the meat of it. That's right. He, he, so he goes back to his car after he calls his wife and lets him know that and he makes mention of like, oh, don't send my dad because he's going to get lost. But that probably would have been the smartest thing that he did the entire time was have somebody else come and get him like right away. Uh, and why his wife couldn't have just come and got him rather than sending his dad. Say like, hey, can you watch the kids? I'm going to go get my husband real fast because he's stuck in his car because she probably has a replacement key. And so he goes back over to the van and or to the car and then the van, they drive up right next to him. Uh, and they offer him a sweater, or not a sweater, I'm sorry, a scarf, to say, oh, we don't want you to freeze out here, but yet he's like completely dressed for the wintertime in L.A., which probably would just be shorts and a t-shirt, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it's probably going to be like Christmas down in Australia as well. Um, yeah. But it, it's, you know, he he's there, and they continue talking, so they offer him a drink, um, and they prove to him that the, no, there's nothing wrong with the drinks, uh, and so he ended up does having one, but he sees that there's something in the back of the car, and that's when things go down. Is there someone else? What? Your door is open. Ah, uh, yeah, it's an old van. This thing is glitchy. I got it. Jesus Christ! What, what else is back there? What are you talking about? There's something in the back of your van. Just us. Hey, come out of there! Dude, there's no one else there. So that's when he sees like this demon, this purple demon in the back of the car. Like it reaches out for a second and that's what he's like looking at. And they cut his hand and she cuts herself. Uh, the Not the one that's speaking, but Sasha. And she tries to run away. And what they find out is that they haven't completed the ritual. And basically what they've got here is a demon that must be like taken care of by somebody that has a birthday of Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, like it's his babysitter yeah. or something. Yeah, like this, these are where the questions for me started, right? Because I liked the premise that 
they had to look after a demon and oh god you have to find someone and then you kind of pass on the i suppose the curse or whatever like you know it follows or whatever where it's a sexually transmitted <laughs> demon that's so um, funny because that's what i wrote down in my notes i'm like this is some it yeah, follows ripoff <laughs> exactly but that kind of made sense in yes. a way because like not that it made sense but you know you're transmitting it and you're like oh it's done but this was like an arbitrary like oh it's christmas day and why is that like jesus's like aborted twin brother that has been kept alive for like two thousand years <laughs> that he has to be like looked after um didn't really kind of make sense in that regard why christmas was so special obviously it's a christmas themed movie but in the context of the little short it was like why is christmas so special and why does it have to be two people at the same time as well like why is there two carers well there's two carers at this point because for some reason we don't really know right we we're never really told what's gone on that's why i'd like to see more of it but for some reason at this point there were two but they're both transferring it over to him like but again it's weird if there were two didn't when they both have to like hold on to him and do the chanting and everything like that at the same time because exactly yeah if there was two how did it turn into one because obviously one died, I understand that. But. Yeah, she got eaten up by the demon thing because she went outside of the the range of the whatever the exactly. ten feet radius so, of the of the van. Yeah. So if there was two of them, and one died, then how did the other girl get away? Shouldn't she be like, oh no, she died? There has to be two of us all the time. It's just you and me now, kid. Like, she just managed to get away. Yeah. So that well, in they, and of itself was a big uh, plot hole in that well, little. I'd say let's take a quick let's listen real fast because she does explain some of it to him, but again there are still more questions than anything else. Stop! Stop! Or to kill your family. What? If you run, it will kill you. And when it's done with you, it won't stop killing. It won't stop until another tether is found. You're full of shit. Hey, don't test it, Eric. What is it? It's pure fucking evil. You're responsible for it now. Listen. Listen! This is important. Only one who shares the day of their birth with the unconquered son can tether this evil. It means you were born on Christmas, Eric. Just like me. Just like Sasha. We're the only ones that can bear the mark, and we're the only ones that can keep this evil at bay. Why? fucking knows. Okay, you stay within 20 feet of that thing. You stay safe. Your family stays safe. Everyone's safe. Once you break that boundary, you're fucked. This isn't happening. I'm going home. Is your bedroom within 10 paces of that van? How about your children's playroom? You really want that thing around your family if you step outside that circle? those maybe you'll get lucky find some other loser born on December 25th it only took us three years so again even when she's he's asked why she says I don't fucking know (laughs) you know right away she's like this is just the way that it works but she doesn't tell him anything else of what he needs to do 
could he have like ran over and grabbed her and done the same thing and put it back on her and then ran away or does he have to pass it on to somebody new or like i I really want to know more about the whole like mythos of this creature because again this one's actually relatively interesting yeah uh, sorry i missed that line because obviously i was listening or watching it (laughs) in really fast so the unconquered sun is a Sol Invictus, and it was the official sun god of the later Roman Empire and a patron of soldiers. And on the 25th December, AD 274, the Roman Emperor Aurelian made it an official cult alongside the traditional Roman cults. There you go. So there is actually a lot more lore to it. Uh, I thought it was something I had to do with Christmas. It's actually got to do with the unconquered sun, which is uh, something I've never heard of before. Uh, I didn't read that off the top of my head. Uh, that's Wikipedia for you guys. <laughs> oh, you, you sure? I thought that was already like <laughs> built up in there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but even still, um, like, obviously when he looked in the van, there was like a monster in there. And the makeup and stuff was really cool for it, I thought. But, you know, if I was getting followed by a demon or a monster, I would gather as much people as possible and be like, guys, look, behold, it's like a demon. You know, I'd be like, please help me. Let's try and do something like let's try and tame it. Let's get the, you know, the government in. Let's get scientists in. I wouldn't be like, oh, no, you got to hide in this van for the rest of your life until you find <laughs> someone with a birthday on 25th of December. I'd be like, no, I need help. Like go to a police station, like call the police and be like, look, there's someone in this van. They're trying to kill me. I don't know what it is. It seems to be some crazy dude. And uh, just like open up the van, get the demon to come out because the more people to witness it, the better is what I think. I, I never understand these things where it's like, I gotta carry the cross and the burden my whole life. <laughs> well, you would think that they would like reach out to somebody at least if they don't think that people are going to believe them. Like, let's find out what exactly she knows what it belongs to. And like, you were able to find out like the, the backings of it by just fucking going on Wikipedia. Like she could give him his phone, like go on, go find out more about this. Maybe we could contact like Indiana Jones or some shit like that. He'll believe you because he believes in the supernatural and we'll get him to go search for whatever it is that's going to destroy this demon. Like instead of just like, Oh, okay. I kind of like it follows like (laughs) they could have just like they, maybe they could have spent their time to figure out, you know, how to actually end the thing rather than just like, Oh, I'm going to have sex with you. So, you know, have sex with somebody else. So that way it just gets passed on. Cause if somebody doesn't figure out how to kill it, it's eventually still going to come back and kill you. Yeah. Cause that was the thing in it follows it. Wasn't it invisible to everyone that it wasn't following? Correct. But it was still, it was still actually physically manifest. Cause remember they were like throwing paint and sheets and all that kind of stuff over it. But they, it would still like, you could still see the things that happened around it. So like when she it, went to yeah, that exactly, house, exactly. So, so it was actually physical, like when they were on the beach or in the pool. It, didn't it beat the shit out of somebody too? Like one of her friends, like threw him across the room. Yeah, yeah. So like it's actually physically there, but it's just invisible. But in this movie, it was like, wow, why aren't you like telling people? It's as it's well with it follows. It's like, look, there's this thing I can show it to you. Like, why don't people explain it? There's always this sense of urgency that is just. Well, it's localized, and it, that really annoys me in movies where, like in this movie, it, it should have been like, oh, God, there's a demon in the back. Like, 
I can show you because everyone can see it. Or maybe it's like it follows that you can only see it if you're born on the 25th of December. It's, it's but a possibility. Then I'm, then I'm, but but I, I'm filling in the blanks now just to try and cover <laughs> for the movie, well, I which mean, I shouldn't be doing. They're they're basically in a rape van. So I don't know if they necessarily, like, they open up the back, like, hey, come and see the demon that's in the back of my van. Um <laughs> Why don't you come back here? I think a lot of people might be like, oh, no, that, that's okay. Uh, I'm not going to come back there for any reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But even when he opened the, the van door, like, he saw the purple hand for a second. But then when he went searching in there, he didn't see anything until it came out and killed her. Well, that's what I'm wondering. He's like, oh, there's something at the back of your van. Like, obviously, the van isn't, like, 20,000 meters deep. So maybe he didn't see the demon. Maybe it manifests when it's, like, angry. There's a lot of questions. It was cool. I actually did like it. If they did explore it a bit more of like, you know, have to look after this demon. It could have definitely been a bit longer and just get rid of the, yeah, maybe go into like the unconquered sun or whatever and then see, oh, this was like the manifest demon of the sun or the reason he's all wrinkly and pruney is because he was left out in the sun to the sun dry. (laughs) (laughs) Probably has like, you know, skin cancer and he needs treatment <laughs> purple skin cancer Who knows? Huh? <laughs> yeah maybe it's just like two thousand years of melanoma and he just needs some medical help who knows maybe they're not giving him the care he needs maybe that's why he's so angry he's like get me to a fucking hospital bitch <laughs> yeah my health insurance isn't enough this is a pre-existing yeah. condition <laughs> they yeah, won't give me shit did, to do anything yeah he did find himself in america so he probably can't <laughs> afford health care <laughs> Oh, it's sad because it's true. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so the, the least the nice thing that she does do for him before she steals his car, she looks in the back seat, she sees all the presents, and she's like, where's your home address? Because I'll drop off all your presents for your family and then not tell them anything about you. Like, hey, there's a demon chasing him. Uh, you might want to leave him alone or find somebody that was born on the 25th of December. Just saying. So, yeah, but what happens if he dies then? See that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. They said that it was won't stop killing, didn't they? Yes. That's what they said. So as long as he's there to to keep it and be around it, it doesn't do any of the killing until he, if he leaves that, I guess he's the keeper of whatever it is until he leaves that radius and it kills him. Yeah, but why can't they do like like the phrase? It takes a a village to raise a child. Why can't they just get a a community of people and kill it with kindness? Get like a whole community looking after the demon, and maybe it won't be so angry at that stage. Yeah, they could just rub aloe vera into his skin on a regular basis. You know, every once in a while, bring a child for him to eat, something like that. Become friends. Exactly. Yeah, just make a little community around the demon. Uh, Get him. You can all like crowdfund Kickstarter his melanoma treatment. And uh, away you go. He'd be fine. He'd like go back to the nether regions and like fly into the sun or whatever he's doing. Well, this one too. Like this one has a weird title. It's called Dash All the Way or Dash All Away. Which yep. again, I don't know what that even has to do with that, that actual title, unless it's about them running away from whatever the problem is by spreading it. So that you ends number two. Uh, then we move on to number three, which... Uh, Did you make sure to wipe after? <laughs> make sure to wipe after? Yeah, because you finished number two. Oh, boy. <laughs> Where's my portable <laughs> rim shot? Uh, I don't have it on this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so so we're on to story number three, and we're about halfway through the film now. Uh, and this one's called All Through the House. And basically, uh, you know, this is a Christmas carol, is, is all that this is. Uh, this is nothing, completely nothing new. At least the other ones, like the first one, you'd be like, okay, well, it's like a Belko experiment, saw type thing. Um, but around Christmas time. Okay, the second one, uh, okay, it has themes and stuff, but it's relatively interesting and original. This is straight up just a Christmas carol. Dude's gonna be visited by three ghosts. Um, but I do think that this, I, I thought the second one might have the better acting, but when I kind of saw this one again, at least in terms of comedic timing, I think this one has the best acting out of all of the three. Mm, yeah, I would agree, actually. And it was like, you know, for a retelling of Scrooge, I actually found this like the most interesting kind of camera work and effects. I thought yes, it was definitely the standard for effects. But in terms of like the story, it was like uh, it's okay. Well, like, how about we meet uh, Scrooge? I mean, Chet. Shit! Jesus Christ, Michael! See, so you scaled the back on the decorations this year. Oh yeah, my my kids like them. That sounds awful. Oh, I don't mind putting up the decorations. No, I meant having kids. Uh, speaking of which, my uh, my eldest is collecting donations for the United National Christmas Fund. Wanted to know if you could toss in a few bucks. What's wrong? He can't come over and beg for money himself. Come on, Chet. It's, it's for a good cause. Fine. Let me get my wallet. What's happening? Oh, my God. The door won't stop closing. It's like it has a mind of its own. Like, right there off the top, like, I actually like the guy's character. Like, the way that he uses his facial expressions along with it, it's that very sarcastic, like, (laughs) oh no, the door is acting on its own, it's closing, oh my god, because I don't give a shit about you. Yeah, yeah. Again, it was like, stereotype asshole, but he played it well. I think he did it uh, enough with uh, what he thought. But I suppose what we're skipping over is back in Hub World, each scene, scene they sort of... um, like you know, after each short, they do the abstract sort of reenactment uh, of what has been happening. Like it shows the end kind of thing, and yeah, it's uh, it was it was okay. Like I mean, people are getting sick though. Doesn't your man like go to the toilet, or maybe am I jumping ahead? I think you're, like, oh, you're a lot further ahead. That's like right at the end okay. of it. Yeah, so well, I suppose. Like, yeah. After this one is where we get the intermission, where there's a little more story for the hub world. Um, mm. but these ones, they're all kind of like acting out and there's that weird lady that comes out every time to switch the titles. Like, yeah, actually, now that you mention, I recognize her from like Twitter. Her name is Maria Olson and, uh, she's been like hovering around our circles. It was kind of funny to recognize someone. I was like, that face looks really, really familiar. <laughs> and then I looked it up on, uh, IMDB or whatever. And I was like, Oh shit, that's her. So I actually tweeted at her, but didn't get a response. I mean, yeah, whatever. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> she just had that weird, like, she reminded me of, like, those stereotypical, like, when we have, like, Russian, not Russian, German, like, people for comedies where they're, like, this is the way we're going to dress the German. Actually, you know what it makes me think about is the last Wolfenstein, where we had the German lady that joined the Wolfenstein crew. Like, that's, I don't know why, like, I figured that's what her voice would sound like. Um, very stereotypically German uh, that she might start yelling at a second if she actually were to talk. Um, 
I had like a whole backstory for her while it's like, cause all she does is come mm-hmm. out with her hair, like all crazy, switch the titles and then leave the scene. Yeah. It was, it was like funny in like a weird way. It was good. So we then see Chet and he's sitting on the couch and he's watching random things on TV. Uh, and that's when he decides to call his little side piece or I guess his fuck buddy, uh, to make plans with her. You've got to be kidding me. It's Christmas Eve. That isn't work, is it? Uh, no. No, Mom, it's just a friend. A friend? She's banging. Is your friend coming over? No, no, he's not. Is dinner ready yet? Did you ask him? Yeah, Linda. Did you ask me? Who is she talking to? Fine. Would you like to come over for no. dinner? No, I have plans. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, what What are those plans? I was going to have you come over so we could eat sushi. up each other's naked bodies. You know, I could just pick up an order to go on my way over there. Does your mom like tuna rolls or spicy beef or... Very funny. Perhaps that's the answer he's looking for. But the buck? I'm afraid I'll fill him with more loneliness. Hello? Hello? What's going on? Nothing. I'll call you back in a so that's where the TV kind of points him in the direction. I thought that was interesting the way they did that because he's watching basically, he's flipping the channels and he gets kind of a Christmas carol on the screen, but it's like, it says Chester's life on the top right corner. And then yeah. when he tries to switch it and then it says answer the door and that's when the doorbell like rings and he goes over to answer it. Yeah, that's why I found this the most interesting because it actually did sort of have the TV working in sort of tandem with the whole thing, which is interesting. Um, so they obviously had to shoot extra scenes and sync it all up. So that guy did like a lot with what he had, I think. Yeah, I agree. He's, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chet goes over to the door, he answers it and there's nobody there, but there's a wreath that's hanging on the door with a note. He goes back over to the couch, the TV's on once again, and it mimics what he's seeing. And you hear it in the trailer where it says, tonight you'll be bis- visited by three ghosts. And then he kind of rolls it up and throws away, and on the screen you hear the guy go, bah humbug. Uh, and then that's when he gets up and leaves the room. And then you get an interesting scene where he has his ghost of Christmas past moment. Would you look at little Chester? Aren't you the most adorable little thing? Now sing a Christmas song for Grandma. Come on, Chester, sing a song for your grandmother. Nobody care if I get out of here. No, honey, it's, it's Christmas. No, we open the presents. Oh, just let him go to a bar already. Not we all go to a bar. Will you two stop, please. See, see what happens when you don't do what you're told. Now sing for Grandma. Come on, kids, sing now. Sing the goddamn song. Honey, language. Now, is this the only reason that he hates Christmas? Like that he had to sing for his grandma. I had to do that. I, I don't hate Christmas. <laughs> Are you sure? Didn't it all of a sudden turn to like demon voices that she was asking you to sing? Well, maybe that's why I ran away to Australia because I couldn't face singing to my grandma anymore at Christmas. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's no demons down here in Australia, just kangaroos and wallabies and maybe a dingo. Uh, yeah, all the wildlife <laughs> is demon because everything can kill you here, as everyone knows. <clears throat> <laughs> so even demons don't go down to Australia because they could possibly be killed down there. Yeah, they could be bitten by a spider or a snake like too easily, so they don't bother. No. Oh. Now i got to think about moving to Australia then, because most of the <laughs> demons are here in the United States. But that's a whole well, that's other what, story. <laughs> that's, a, that's another uh, It Follows thing. It's just like, 
if you went to Australia, does the demon have to walk all the way under the ocean and like take like you know six years or whatever to like walk under the ocean? Well, it could be like Jesus, right, and just is able to walk on water. Yeah, we we need to uh, try and contact the the writers of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, was your monster like Jesus? Was it able to walk on water to get down to Australia, just in case? Yeah. <laughs> I have a few clarifying questions, please. <laughs> yes. Then we can get the writers of this film. We can ask them about their monster as well. So, like, if you have to yeah. take a plane flight somewhere and you think you're going to get away, yeah, not so. crazy. No, this one, as I said, it was cool in so much that it had like the TV syncing up. He was like acting fairly well with that. Obviously, it was done like probably in post, mm-hmm. and just everything else then was just it kind of just rolled out that it was a bit stupid. Yeah, because I know he, it was not great but i liked what they did with the camera work really there i actually don't really have much to say on this one it was just like some clever little tricks but it was again just we all knew the story of scrooge whatever and spoiler alert guys he just wakes up and he's like i love christmas you know that's pretty much how it goes there's a couple of interesting things that i did really like that they did like like you said with the camera work there's the scene after this he goes into the bathroom because he's like oh what the fuck is going on and then like something's chasing him in there and then he first pretends like he's going to call the police, and it's like, come on, dude. Like, how are you going to call the police on a ghost for f- the first thing? And then the second, like, after he said that, the ghost slides the phone underneath the door. <laughs> be like, yeah. you ain't doing shit, you know? And, and yeah. then he grabs, like, a, a blow dryer or something to say that he's got a gun. And then yeah. he has that conversation with himself in the mirror, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. So, no, what's... It was- well, I'll say, let's, let's take a quick listen. All alone on Christmas, Chet. What of it? No, I think it's great. You got that right. No stupid decorations, no annoying friends. Freeloading family around to suffocate us. Hell yeah, we got this shit beat. I don't think there's anywhere else to go. Wait. Yeah? What are you talking I about? I think we're done here. It's been a wonderful fucking life, bro. No fucking way! Then why are you doing that? Oh, fuck! Fuck! So he sees himself basically, uh, you know, masturbating with a rope around his neck. Or the belt. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Autoerotic asphyxiation over there. If I can even say it right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, this one... it It was cool. I liked actually... I know it looked a little bit cheap, but it, the the ghosts are cool. That kind of effect. I know it's yes. probably just like you can do it on like probably Snapchat filter now at this stage, but um, <laughs> it looked decent. No, it all looked pretty good. I like the floating spirits that they had. Uh, the only thing that looked terrible, and I actually appreciated it, even though it looked relatively terrible, was when he met Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, that his, was his neighbor comes to the door. And his neighbor is drunk, and he's trying to talk to him about, you know, why he's always a Grinch at Christmas. And he's, like, freaking out at the same time. So they get in a little bit of an argument, and the neighbor throws him, and he hits his head on the floor. And then you get, the, the again, the cool effect with, like, the TV interacting with him, basically telling him, oh, you're going to die there by yourself on the floor. And he's like, no, I've got friends coming. And then slowly but surely, as he's dying there, then he turns around, and there's the spirit. And he shakes the spirit, and then it, the the robe flops open and it's just a dummy skeleton. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, was, I was like, I had to pause it cause 
I was actually laughing really hard. Like, this is all like relatively cool. Then you get to that point, you're like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of reminding me. It's gearing me up for the inevitable skeleton cop. That's right. (laughs) Whenever that, whenever that comes out. (laughs) So after that, he wakes up, and of course, it's a Christmas miracle. I know I am a little bit drunk. But we need to discuss this, okay? We have been neighbors for five years now, and every year at Christmas, you pull the same shit. For your kid. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! So that basically signals the end of the third story. He's had his Christmas miracle. He's been visited by his three ghosts. He realizes that life is worth living and his neighbor now officially hates Christmas. Yeah, that was just a stupid twist again. It was just like, oh, take out your, um, you know, your pre-sections and pre-written lines in a movie. Just like, oh, man, like, I just hate those cliche phrases and stuff they really bug me in movies they say oh i hate christmas i'm like that guy (laughs) who was really into christmas and had all the decorations actually hates christmas am i right guys i'm just like ah come off it come off it it's terrible yeah so it's just you're kind of i think it's like you said it's well acted but it's just your run-of-the-mill fucking christmas carol story with a yeah, couple like of different well, twists. Yeah, had, had a few cool things with the TV, but, like, I've seen the Christmas Carol story so many times between, like, the Muppets and everything. It's just oh, like, yeah. oh, my God. I've seen it on, on, like, you've seen it on any type of cartoons. Pinky and the Brain did something similar. You know, you go back in the day. You can, you can see this story, like, everywhere where they hate everything about what's going on. And then something, some type of stupid Christmas miracle happens that changes their mind. And then, oh... You know, well, I guess maybe that's a little more It's a Wonderful Life, but that's a bunch of garbage as well. Yeah, I would have, I, I don't know what I preferred, the, the three ghosts of Christmas or It's a Wonderful Life. I think I prefer the If You Never Existed. I like those better than the three different ghosts. Because obviously it's like, oh, you're going to be a miserable old bastard. It's like basically always going to be the future. And then, I know, isn't it usually like he's dead or something? It's like, next Christmas you'll be dead unless you are happy. Well, the future always shows, like, this is what happens after you've died. Like, nobody gives a shit about you anymore. Yeah. Well, that's probably how most things go. Um, You're not going to be around when you're dead. People People are just, you know, eventually going to forget you. It's going to turn to a Coco situation. You're just going (laughs) to evaporate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it was, um, yeah, like, it was... Fine. This was probably how many how many shorts was there again? Because there was we've definitely got, one. We've got two more. So the next one is oh, yeah. probably the worst out of all of them. Um, yes. And yeah, then we've got the last terrible. one. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So the middle one was the most interesting in terms of what they did with the camera and the different special effects and stuff. But the weakest story, I would say. So, so then, so after then from, this one, does it? Pop, it's the intermission it now. Yeah, the intermission. Okay. So this is where we're here at the intermission, and they basically decide to go take a break in the hallway. And, you know, again, there's, like, creeper guy 
that's out there, like getting popcorn, you find out that the you know bitch faced teenager, not a teenager lady, is a twin because her twin comes out to give her the the water that she wants. Uh, and Max, the date, goes into the bathroom, and then you hear him arguing on the phone, and you can't quite make it out. Like he's like everything's under control type thing, but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because nothing's really kind of. Ink like you haven't gotten an inkling in one way or another what could possibly go on other than okay well there's something weird that's going on with him yeah and as well like that creepy old dude was just creepy for creepy's sake um yeah I mean I don't want to jump to the end quite yet so I suppose we'll save it we'll hop on to the next one <laughs> well this is the shortest out of all of them which also makes it the ten most terrible out of all of them and I've got absolutely no audio clips because it's not fucking worth it um, <laughs> basically, this one is like it starts off with a guy in a car, and he's got all these pictures. He's like either a paparazzi or he's a like a PI, a private investigator, uh, you know. And he's got all these like racy pictures of somebody, and he's driving home, and he hits a deer. And then when he gets out of his car, he sees the deer on the ground, and he decides to get a rock to put the deer out of its misery, so that way he can leave and go home. And we're then getting, all of a sudden we get like deer vision. And we see another deer across the way staring at him uh, as he takes out the deer that he hit. And then left on the ground is the collar that says Blitzen. Not just any deer, Brian. It's a reindeer. Ooh. So he drives home. Or more like probably, and then the one chasing him is like a pain deer. Because it's going <laughs> to bring the pain. He's going to bring the pain. Okay. That's terrible. That's terrible like this short. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a better joke than the actual short itself. So It's true. <laughs> uh, so he goes home, he drives home, and then he's met up with some chick who's, like, hitting on him. But, like, I can't tell if he just doesn't want anything to do with her or he's just being oblivious because she's, like, sitting there in a teddy. And she wants to see the pictures he's done, like... Is there any relation? Like, did you get anything out of the story? I know you probably watched this one on, like, super fast forward. Um, but was there anything in this that, like, stood out to you? Why this was important? Why he was taking no, the I pictures? Sort of, like, I sort of blinked and it was over. I, I can't barely recall it, to be honest. It was just so bad. It was like, oh, no, there's a deer following me. But wasn't it, like, invisible? You never actually really saw the deer because it didn't really have the special effects kind of thing? You saw it once, but you didn't see the whole deer. You saw the antlers. So, basically, like, exactly. they're there talking. Then there's, like, a knock at the door or something like that. And then the deer attacks. Very polite reindeer. Very polite reindeer. <laughs> he's out to get his revenge, you know, but at least he's decided that he'd knock on the door because he doesn't want to interrupt in case something was going on. I mean, she was half naked in her little teddy seducing the guy, you know. Mm. Maybe, maybe he could have waited until they had actually done something and then decided to attack. Um, that would have been more polite. But uh, he does rush the door. They slam it. And then all of a sudden, the reindeer is, like, on the second floor. It it was just so bad. I just don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, no. So, okay. So, then he goes upstairs like an idiot to go investigate because he saw something rushing. And they're like, what was that? And he goes upstairs. And, of course, that's when the reindeer, like, sticks him with his antlers and kills him. But we just, we're the camera looking at the guy getting attacked. Like, we don't actually see anything. And then, but did they not hear any of the clip clop of like hooves, no. hoofs, hooves well, or hoofs? hoofs. It would be hooves. Hooves. 
<laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that, well, if he was using his flying powers, maybe they didn't see any who's. Like, he, he just flew up there, broke in the window, and was hovering inside the room. Yeah, maybe he can actually teleport. We don't really know how Santa Claus's mm-hmm. reindeers work. That's right. Well, he's like stealth, but he's seeing in red for some reason. So I don't know if we're supposed to like think that he's Rudolph because his nose is glowing that the, and that's why yeah, it's red. The when aura we're looking of at him. his nose, see, he has to see in red. <laughs> so he, maybe he kills the guy. Then, then the only shot that we get of the reindeer is the antlers when it's looking over the stairs as she's climbing up, and then she goes in the room like. Hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? And then it kills her too, but she had nothing to do with it. Is this just like the reindeer trying to cover his tracks? Oh no, he's, she saw me kill him, so I gotta make sure she's dead too. Yeah, so like, I suppose, what reindeer is it though? Like, is it Rudolph? That's the only thing it, I could think of because of the red glow. Yeah, unless it's like, I don't know. Well, is it Comet? Because he, like, brought the pain. He, like, came in like a Comet, killed him. Well, it could have is been Donner because, you know. Is it Dasher because he is super speed? Is it Blitzen because it was, like, Blitzkrieg? No, nope, couldn't, couldn't be Blitzen because Blitzen's the one that got killed. Oh, sorry, yeah, Blitzen. Yeah, well, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It probably was Donner because it ended up eating them as well. So, you know. Well, like, is it Donner that it's, like... <laughs> He made a kebab out of the deer. (laughs) It's just terrible. This thing is really short. It's like maybe six minutes, seven minutes long. Um, There's nothing to really speak of. You have no motivations other than you see this guy that was driving these pictures. She wants the picture for some reason. She's going to be trying to sleep with this PI guy for some reason, even though he looks like a fucking hobo that just came off the street. Um I, Maybe I, that's her fetish. Don't judge. Don't judge. Okay. Because <laughs> she may love hobos, and I'm <laughs> judging a fiction. I'll judge all I want, goddammit. Uh, but it, it just, it's its dumb. It's its the worst short out of the whole thing. Yeah, it was just kind of like shoehorned in like Christmas because it was a deer. But I don't know. Like, this is kind of the thing with the whole show, the whole movie. Like, because the in-between is meant to kind of be comedic. Mm-hmm. So, is all the movies? Is it supposed to be lighthearted? Are they supposed to be serious? Is it supposed to be tongue in cheek? Are we supposed to know that it's bad? I could never really tell the tone of like, did it did it suit being bad? Couldn't really tell. So I think that overall, I mean, it's listed as comedy horror. Those are the ones okay. that it's under. So it's most meant to be very lighthearted and comedic overall, but it's like. I don't find anything like this one. I don't find either of it. There is no like in the second one. I could see it had definitely more of a, like a a tense, you know, a little bit when you're kind of getting close to the van and they're doing these weird things. Like, okay, I kind of get the horror element there. Uh, with the first one, eh, I don't know. Maybe you could throw in some of the horror thing because they're trying to pick gifts. With the third one, I felt that that was almost purely comedic. Like. The way that everything was done, there wasn't really anything, you know, maybe the settings and the way that it was shot, but the the sarcastic, snarky nature of that character, I felt, was a very comedic performance. And then you get to this one, where it's like, is it they funny forgot. that the Raymond Rain- is <laughs> getting revenge? Like, Yeah. Yeah, and, it's a bit like, huh, huh, it's a reindeer. I'm like, mm, but it's crap. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Could have been anything. It could have been Santa Claus being like, oh, bitch, I'm going to get you. You killed my reindeer. Like, but why is he in L.A.? 
again. Well, you know. Like, like, is everything supposed to be on Christmas Eve night? I think everything's either Christmas Eve or Christmas, because I think this one actually happened on Christmas. Okay, so the question is, why is Blitzen just out on the road chilling on Christmas night? Is he on a piss break? He's like, here, Santa, I need to fucking drop my load. I don't want to uh, knock some kid out or some hobo with, like, flying... Uh, sky turds so i need to just take a, a shit down on the road in la well maybe you know santa's going to a couple different houses and so they're taking a break and he and donner went to go smoke some pot out in the forest and you know <laughs> they couldn't quite fly at that moment so they were just walking across the road and he did come out of the middle of nowhere and just like a deer you know he just kind of froze and got hit by the guy considering that if he was blitzen he could have like jumped up and like flown away so he had to be fucking stoned out of his mind. Yeah, he was blitzed. That here, there you go. That's why he's called Blitzen. Yeah, we <laughs> we cracked it. We, he was we solved it. <laughs> Santa Claus is like, here, look, we can't have a an FUI flying under the influence. So you got to stay down here in LA and just like sober up. <laughs> there we go. So that's going to go into the show notes. Uh, we solved the reasons <laughs> why he's called Blitzen. Uh, <laughs> So moving on though, mo- moving, moving on, on. That was so bad. It was terrible. That was that was just about as terrible as the episode. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so they go back to the theater and we get prepared for the very last one. And that one, hold on, if I have the name of that last one, um, oh, it was called "Arose Such a Clatter," which, again, I, I guess maybe that does relate back to the actual like you know one of the old. Uh, christmas type stories and everything so in the last one it's called in a twinkling and this is the one before we finish the hub story and this is probably out of all of them the one i consider to be the least like horror like there is nothing that is horror related to this one yet no they had uh they had the triple snapchat filter scare oh did oh yes you're right they had that one part which i actually think i have a clip of (laughs) when we get into it um so this one stars the only person that i recognize the name of in the film like you recognize somebody and the recognize i did was constance Wu, um who is a comedian uh who that some friends of mine really really like and i've never been a big fan of hers but i know who she is um so you get this guy steve and he's come home for the night and there's like a full moon out and he looks up in the sky and it's christmas eve or christmas day i don't know which one it is for this one. I think this one's also Christmas Day. And so he's getting ready to like tie himself up and he's got all these chains and everything like that. And I start to think that, oh man, is this gonna be like a werewolf story? Like he gets a call from his friend, he's like, No, I can't go out. You see that there's the full moon, he's got the chains, oh he's gonna chain himself to the bed, and that's the reason why he's not gonna go anywhere. I thought, oh, this is gonna be kinda neat if you have like a werewolf thing for Christmas. And then it goes a completely different way. Yeah, yeah. So we hear a knock at the door, and that's where he gets his Christmas surprise. We brought Christmas dinner to you, you grumpy bastard. You shouldn't have done that. I know we shouldn't have done it, but we're awesome, so deal with it. I'll warm everything up. Oh, I'll help. I'll grab the serving dish. And I'm going to make myself a drink. How do you not have bitters? What? 
We're just gonna talk, right? You couldn't have picked a worse time. Okay, listen. It started 10 years ago tonight. Before that day, I always celebrated Christmas, but then... Hey, guys, dinner's ready. I'm gonna leave you two alone. Actually, you know what? I need a cigarette before dinner. We'll talk about this later. Gabby! Later! So she's interrupted his whole night of chaining himself to the bed so that he can't go anywhere and brought all the friends with him. And then she goes outside to smoke a cigarette. And that's when she sees three lights and those lights come over and basically aliens come down and abduct her. Now, I did like the way this one used color because it turns everything at this point like black and white and then also makes it SD. So it's like looking at an old style like television show. Like, it's like fucking Leave it to Beaver or some shit when she's in the other world and has been kidnapped. Like, it actually goes from letter screen, uh, widescreen, and then it goes down to, you know, your your old school SD yeah, ratio. Like, it was like 1950s sort of like box set kind of thing. Yeah, I thought that kind of effect was kind of neat to put in there and to, to do that for this episode. Um, but it's still kind of an odd thing, like, just in general with it. So... She goes back in, she sees that everybody's there in the living room, uh, or in the dining room, I should say, and the three friends are acting weird, but Steven is sitting at the table. And they're basically saying, would you like to sit down, and um, would you want to say grace? And she's just kind of like, out of it, not knowing exactly what's going on, and Steven decides that he's going to leave for a second, because he's got to use the restroom. Um, they're sitting around the table some more, and then Steven comes back, and he basically... Pulls out a gun and shoots all the friends except for her. Yeah, well, well, sorry, I kind of missed it. I was like, why was she the only one that survived? What happened to the other three that turned into the aliens? So really... he, he, Stephen actually explains it a little bit here in this scene. Oh my God, Steve, what have you done? Not what you think. Would you like to join us for dinner, Steve? Looks like you got invited to the party. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You guys suck so bad. Yeah, nice joke. (laughs) Okay, you got me. It was a good prank, okay? Now stop being assholes. I gotta smoke a cigarette. Would you like to join us for a dinner, Gabby? Yeah, Gabby, join us for dinner. Tried to warn you. Would you like to sit here in the only empty chair? <sighs> Would you like to say a blessing? So what's going on here, Steve? Is this like group hypnosis? Did you get a book on how to hypnotize your friends at dinner? Would you like to say a blessing? They're not our friends. They just took on their forms. What do you mean they? Would you like to say a blessing? You know what? You Would, you like to say a blessing? Would you like to say a blessing? Would you like to say a blessing? Jesus Christ, Mary. Amen. So, basically, they've been abducted by some aliens who have taken the forms of their friends. Yeah. No, I, I did actually like this one. It's kind of a toss-up between... The demon sex fan melanoma chap and this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is good. And and I agree with you. Like, the, these two are probably the best ones. But if I have to go as in, like, the horror aspect, I pick the second one overall. Like, after yeah, that. Yeah. Where this one has actually a really good 
message to the whole thing. And it's, again, like the third one, acted pretty well. Um, and the way that it's done, it's interesting because you, you learn a little more uh, about what's been happening to Steven. Here, we're going to go through. and Because uh, he explains to them, and, and she's curious, kind of like we are, as what do they want. And this is where you get that Snapchat filter that <laughs> you were talking about. Not sure. They just take me up and ask me questions. Well, have you ever asked them? No, Gabby. In ten years, I've never once asked them what their end game might be. Would you like to enjoy some more sugary foods? No, thank you. Would you like to open your presents now? Why are you doing this? I forgot to tell you, they don't really like it when you ask that question. <laughs> okay. So what happens now? We play their game. Oh, screw that. I'm going to take my chances out there. And so every time she does leave the scene, she ends up back in the same room in some other place. Like, I like the fact that she left the front door and then all of a sudden she comes out of the closet. And the first time she leaves through it and she comes through the same exact door. But they basically, they're aliens learning about culture, I guess, or yeah, Christmas that's, culture. that's what I thought. Like, I kind of liked it in that respect because it was like, oh, yeah, this is what I would imagine what aliens would do to, like, try and just observe and learn. It's like when you are with, like, an animal or something and you're, like, playing with a dog and you're, like, testing to see, like, what it knows or what it can do kind of thing. I feel like the aliens are doing that here where they're like, oh, Christmas, that's something. It's like we've got all the radio frequencies of like Christmas songs that are playing for one twelfth of the year straight <laughs> like <laughs> on the radio. So they come in and they're like, Christmas, that must be a really human thing. Uh, it was it was fun. I did actually really enjoy this one. Yeah, it was interesting to see. And, and again, this is another one of those where I think that if there was a longer version of this short, I'd be a lot more interested in seeing it because I'd like to learn a little bit more. Um, maybe actually getting to the point like the fact that they freak out when she asks why are you even doing this and that's when they get all like weird faced like screamy you know like like you said either like those old snap fat uh, snapchat snap fat what the fuck is wrong with me uh snapchat <laughs> filters um or like those things that you use to freak out your friends where the, the picture looks fine and all of a sudden it screams yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the thing was, was he chaining himself to the bed because to try and like tether him to the ground that he can't get abducted? I was wondering. Yes. Because it didn't really make sense otherwise if he didn't do that. Yeah, I think that's what he was trying to do. Like, because I really had this, like, and part of me really wanted it to, like that werewolf type thing. Like, oh, this is the reason why. And then he's going to become a werewolf and terrorize his friends on Christmas for some reason. Because he purposely looks outside and there's a full moon. And then it totally changes to, no, it's, it's aliens abducting him. And he was trying to probably chain himself to the bed. So that way they couldn't actually take him. Because for the last ten years, he's been abducted by aliens and having to sit and answer questions about Christmas. Well, what they should have done, which would have been funnier, and this is a freebie for any filmmakers out there, since it was Christmas, and instead of doing a werewolf, you could have a werewolf where he turns into like a ravaging Christmas jumper. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be better. Or he turns into an ugly sweater. Yeah, an, an ugly sweater, so it'd be like a werewolf. <laughs> well,. So they basically force them to open up a couple of gifts, and she sees the gift that she gets from them in some like crappy Amazon box, uh, and 
when she looks at it, she gets really upset, and they ask her why she's upset, and they, Stephen kind of figures out why Christmas is so important to her. Okay, I'm, I'm done with this. Can I just go now? I'm... What's wrong, Gabby? Don't you like it? Isn't it what you've always wanted? Shut up, Mary. Why is it so important for Steve to celebrate Christmas? Why, Why Gabby? Why, Gabby? Why, Gabby? Why? Because I never had one, okay? My parents didn't celebrate Christmas. So we never put up a tree, and I never got any presents. And this... This was the doll that I begged for, and I never got. Why don't you guys go abduct my parents and ask them why they had to be such assholes every December 25th? So, now that I'm older, I hold the holidays pretty fucking dear to my heart. So, Merry fucking Christmas. Are you fucking happy? So, she basically had a shitty childhood with Christmas... And he doesn't want to do it because he keeps getting abducted by these things. Now, do you think that they actually went and started abducting her parents to figure out what the hell was going on? I don't know. I think maybe since they're like aliens, they obviously know what was near and dear to her. So they got her that little doll. Mm -hmm. That was my take. That's kind of what I thought about it. Like they're trying to spread the the Christmas cheer at this point. It's kind of like a close encounters type of situation. Exactly. Yeah, no, it was, it was fun. Like, it was definitely the least horror, as you say. But it was, like, a nearly like a Twilight Zone episode. Yes. Cool. And that's the way I felt, too, when it turned black and white like that. And then, like I said, the use of color. So, like, the doll is completely in color. And they're wearing these, like, uh, Christmas sweaters that are yeah. totally, like, ridiculous. Probably in that's the color. werewolf that you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but they're very bright and vibrant in their color scheme. And they stand out, like amongst everything else that's in this old 1950s black and white TV set that you're watching through. Yeah, and actually the acting of the aliens was like actually convincing enough. It's, it's so uncanny, I suppose. Uh, is it uncanny? The uncanny valley, more so. <laughs> it was like, they're not, they're not quite normal, and it was acted quite well. It was basically the bad acting in general of the whole movie was amplified being the aliens. So it actually worked out working out for the movie well it's like they're acting so bad but at the same time it fits the scheme of things right like unlike the acting in the reindeer episode where it's just terrible you know in general it's not really meant to be terrible this is meant to be really like they don't they're trying to act normal like uh i'm trying to think of the movie where it's at where or you know there's those rick and morty episodes there's the one where he's like now we're playing regular human music and uh, yeah. what's his name's in the car? Listening, he's like, oh, I really like this. That's the way that this is. So it's like, it's terrible, but it's terrible on purpose. Which makes it actually good. Yes. It makes it great. Yeah. It makes it fit everything really well. So she realizes what the true meaning of Christmas is for Stephen and why Stephen didn't want to do this stuff and that she's been pushing these things upon him. And so they're sent back home. And she now has this experience in her heart and understands kind of, uh, you know, what she's been lacking and why this, what the holidays really mean to her. Stephen comes up. He happens to have the gift that the aliens gave her. Like, did they give it to him and say, here, this will get you some? Because uh, he's probably going to be giving her the pipe for Christmas. Am I right? Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so <laughs> we leave there and we get to the last, or basically the end of the hub uh, type of episodes. And now there is nobody in the audience of the theater except for Jenna, Max, and that creepy guy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when Max starts getting like the the pains in his stomach, um, and uh, it, it's kind of a weird ending in general. I over the like the yeah. course of everything, it's like okay, well maybe if something had happened to both of them, it would be one thing. But it's almost like we get a fake out to where they wanted to go with it, the way this was going to end. What I don't get it i'm like they all have stomach aches and it's like oh i'm really hungry and it's like what like it was never even explained and there was no like it was never telegraphed or whatever it was just like oh everyone has stomach aches and are they vampires or zombies or cannibals i was like what is going on it didn't make any sense it was something like everybody like everybody had started leaving at some point and then he's just like so I'm going to play the whole thing, including like the little ending music that ends the film, um, because it's it's odd. Like we start watching it, and then the the play that they've been watching goes to the beginning of the film. Like she's literally watching when they meet up. Now it's all of a sudden a part of the whole production, and mm. that's when Max he leaves because he says, "Oh, I've I've got to you know he's not feeling that well. He's got to go." And then you hear the people on the stage enact what he's doing while he's gone. And then when she when he comes back, like he they basically have another scene. And then he comes back and says the whole thing. And that's where you get the weird, like, Snapchat vampire face. Um, yeah. Or whatever it is. So we'll play this and then we'll come back and chat and uh, give our ratings for the film. Hey, thanks for calling me. I noticed we're both orphans this holiday, so... Why not be orphans together? Anything beats being alone on Christmas Eve. That sounded awful. I'm so sorry. That's fine. Interesting looking crowd. Yeah, I guess this is what the Christmas Eve theater crowd looks like. What's wrong? Are you okay? I guess a lot of people aren't coming back from intermission. Do you think we could... Shh. Sorry. What's wrong? Are you okay? I'll be right back. I thought I could beat it. But it's too close now. It's too late. I'm sorry. I... I have to feed. starving. How about you? Is it over? I'm starving. How about you? 
Hey, are you okay? So that is all the creatures were stirring. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those endings that it's kind of like we want it to be. I don't know. Like I, I feel like there was meant to be something more to it. Like maybe they wanted it to be like, oh, they're she. Every year he brings people over there to for everybody to feed on. And then it turned out that that's not exactly what it is. Is it all in her head? What exactly is going on? And we get that maniacal laugh from rando creepy guy from the beginning of the film. He was basically pointless because he was just creepy for creepy sake with zero payoff. Exactly. And that was like the... I, I, that was the only thing that I was like kind of interested in the whole uh, hub like thing and then I thought it would be actually interesting if that was the the actual case like why is there a fake out to the fake out like the fake out being that like he brought her there to feed upon her you know and then all of a sudden it's like oh no that's not what it is it's something else completely yeah (laughs) it was it was just I thought maybe oh yeah because I actually missed the whole context that they were actually mirroring their whole conversation mm-hmm. so once once i listened back there i was like oh right that makes a lot more sense what i thought was happening but at the same time yeah it's like he a cannibal or something but again it was just like a a stupid ending of like gotcha i'm like oh like come off it <laughs> i just hate I, gotcha it was all on I, just, <laughs> I just i hate that crap it's just like oh he's you know it's just like oh spooky he's a cannibal or oh spooky he's gonna kill her i'm just like yeah, but there was no way to tell the whole way along. Like, creepy old man could have just been creepy. And then just at the end, it's like, oh, I'm starving. It's just like, oh, guys, come on. Like, it's just so lazy, the writing. I just, Not that I could make anything better. I'm just saying, as an observer and consumer of media, it's just like, come on, guys. You could have written that a little bit better. I get it that maybe she got freaked out because of everything that they'd been watching. Like, the whole, you know, all the stories and the plays and everything got to her eventually where, you know, it was weird that they mimicked everything that she did and that all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, we watch all these, like, horror type of stories except for not all of them were horror type of stories, you know, that she got in her head that something bad must be happening soon and that the creepy guy, like, he's kind of in on it, right, because he laughs because he's like, oh, well, my production worked because it freaked you out, even though it didn't do anything to anybody. It just, it's fucking stupid. It's what it really is. It's just, like, you did like you did so well up to this point with, with most of it, at least with the hub story, and it would have been interesting to see something different, but you ended up just kind of just doing something that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, look, you. this podcast is called The Terrible Terror. It truly um, is. 
This was um, <laughs> very terrible. So if you did have to... I don't to, know how you find them. Uh, well, you know, people tell them to me. I, I think that something might be good and see that it's absolutely horrible. Um, you know, all those fun things. Uh, I look at trailers quite a bit, trying to find something. Especially when it comes to, like, finding movies for, like, the holiday seasons. It's terrible. You've got to go really searching for something bad. Uh, or something that's even related to it. Um, the two that are the worst, I will say, is Thanksgiving and uh, New Year's. Mm. Christmas horror yeah. movies are a dime a dozen. Yeah. And they they're are. usually all terrible and about Santa. Yeah. So yeah. No, I was thinking... No, oh, yeah, go on. No, go, go ahead. ahead. You were thinking. No, I was, um, I was thinking of like some sort of Christmas horror, like zombie apocalypse, but Santa has to... Uh, get people recruit people to help the apocalypse and I was thinking maybe the second coming of Jesus Christ since he gets resurrected and it's around Christmas um, everyone zombies come up but then Santa Claus actually has to get uh, recruit people from his naughty list to actually help (laughs) fight back so they're all like the badass people so it's going to be Santa's going out there to get the naughty people so he can move them to the nice if you help me destroy all these zombies I'll make sure you're on the nice list and you'll get yourself to heaven yeah you see it just writes itself (laughs) then you have to get some aging action hero to be fucking Santa for that case maybe you could get Stallone or you could get Arnold to do it I I think you could do like Rocker Hauer who's like ooh Rocker Hauer would be good he has that sort of like accent to be Santa Claus. Oh, what about Dolph Lundgren? We can get him in there. Dolph Lundgren could be an absolute chiseled beast of an old Santa Claus. <laughs> okay, if anyone steals this idea, um, I'm going to submit this to the courts as evidence that That's you've right. stolen the St- idea. Stamp trademark. <laughs> <laughs> Santa and the Apocalypse or some shit like that. Well, it would be like Santa... No, I'm not going to go for it. I oh. I thought of a name earlier, but it was going to be something terrible. It'd be like oh. last, it would be called like Last Christmas or something. Oh, it could be like Apocalypse Baby, you know. So <laughs> that way, the theme song is a version of Santa Baby uh, when it starts. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this fictional movie a lot more than the, <laughs> the one the that we just was. discussed. Well, yeah. sp- speaking of the movie that we just discussed, uh, how would you rank? The, I know we kind of talked about it, at least the ones that would be our favorites, but if you had to put them from the the best of them to the worst of them, how would you rank the segments? Um, I think I would have went the Demon Shag Van, number one. Then I would have went with uh, the Demon Aliens, number two. Uh, for the same reasons as you, probably because it wasn't as hard, but it was still interesting. And then number three, I'd probably go with... Uh, uh, saw a rip off in the office and then I would do the reindeers definitely last because that was terrible and then I <laughs> uh, can't even remember the other one the Christmas carol <laughs> the Christmas carol so that would be number yeah. four for you that would be number four Like it was very forgettable and I know guys I watched it in 25 minutes yes you can berate <laughs> me um, but yeah I watched it only like two days ago and I completely like forget it. It was just, it's one of these things I just need to purge from my memory. Uh, you've put me through trauma. I think every time we chat, it's like very traumatic. Uh, <laughs> we, we've watched like really bad movies. Um, and I've made you last Christmas, I made you watch, well, they were actually kind of fun, the um, Jack Frost ones. Yeah. 
Yeah, last Christmas you did get me on the Jack Frost stuff. Uh, but I think I made the choice of doing the first one myself because you wanted me to do the second one. Yeah, yeah. And so, so what about yourself? What way would you... Uh... Pretty similar to you. Uh, with one and two, it's definitely number two is the, the my favorite out of all of them. Like, even when we were talking about it, I probably could have spent more time, like, trying to piece together, like, the lore behind it and, and actually making it a full-fledged movie. Like, it'd be fun to, like, kind of do that with that one. Um, the third one, or the, the fifth one, I should say, would be number two, just because, even though it's not necessarily horror, I think that the message is good. I think that the acting's pretty good in that one. Um, and overall story is relatively... Like, that one probably is the most contained of the stories. Like, I don't need any extra information, really. I can just watch that one as is. Um, with the third one, um, that would be... That's the Christmas Carol. That would be my third one. Um, because of the acting, and specifically with the guy that plays Chester slash Chet, I think that he has really good comedic timing, um, and it's perfect for that episode. But it is your run-of-the-mill fucking Christmas Carol type of story. Mm. Then you've got, of course, uh, number one being number four, um, almost reaching... If if that reindeer story wasn't so bad, uh, it would probably... Number one would be last. But that reindeer story is just so terrible. It really is completely pointless to anything like it has no other than it's a reindeer revenge flick uh it has no like meaning or purpose like to anything in this movie you could have cut that one out completely and added a couple minutes to either number three or sorry number five or number two and that would have been better use of your time for the movie like that's the way that i felt especially with number two i think there could have been a little more story like maybe the girls like you start with them looking for the guy and then it goes over to this guy coming out of the thing. Like everything leading up to that moment would have been kind of cool uh, to see how they picked him and how they stalked him. Uh, you know, out of yeah, all the or, people, or why they were picking him. You know, it's just like, oh, they're stalking this guy. Why? Like they just happened to be in this parking lot, and they just happened to overhear that the guy's got the birthday of Christmas Day. Like, yeah, like I mean, they're not exactly in um, like a really populated area to be finding no. someone with a birthday. They could have sent out flyers. I'm like, oh, if your birthday's on Christmas, it's like a, a Craigslist like meetup or something. I don't know. Just uh, yeah, but they then you might organize have, a meetup. They might have ended up with a Santa with like no pants and his balls hanging out to the party. If you're advertising on Craigslist, you never know. Yeah, but then wouldn't that be a perfect pairing <laughs> for the demon? True, true. You could Hobo's then seduce uh, half naked Santa Claus to be the new tether. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so no, uh, it was um, like the hub. The hub story, I really did like the the renditions on the stage, like after you know, like the three aliens. He had mm-hmm. like the three alien heads on sticks, like waving them and stuff. Like that was fun. How they did that? I think a lot of effort was put into that, except for the ending. Yeah, I agree. So overall, then let's give the whole movie a rating. Now the gore for the film, I'd say there's very little, uh, if anything. Like really, the girl cutting her arm is probably the most gory thing that you see. I guess in the first one, maybe you get a little bit, the, the guy, guy gets his head. head. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I mean, I give it like a two out of five. It's not anything special, but that's probably the best special effect that you're going to get that is even remotely related to being gory. Yeah. I would give it also maybe a two. Yeah. Well, no, a one, because it wasn't very gory at all. So, and then the the crap factor of the movie, like... How crappy is the movie overall? So is it the higher is the more crap? Um, it's a it's a five out of five crap. 
five I, out of five melanoma demons. <laughs> so I, I give it a three out of five. Like I think that because some of the acting actually saves it and the interesting story with the second one. Um, but I could probably bump that up to like a four after we've been talking. No, Brian, you're jaded. You've watched too many. I've watched movies. too you're many like, oh, crappy. This isn't too bad. <laughs> this is this isn't as crappy as I thought it was. But yeah, I'm probably a little bit jaded. That's why I need to take the break every once in a while and watch like you know random kids films or random sci-fi films. <laughs> like get away from these guys. Um, so then the fun factor of the film, like how much fun did you have overall while watching the movie? Oh wow! I watched this before I went to work on like Thursday, and uh, <laughs> in twenty-five think, minutes too. <laughs> yeah, so the, there wasn't much fun. It was more like a duty I had because you told me weeks in advance to watch this, and I was like, "Oh Jesus, I'm only going to get the time" because I couldn't put my poor uh, Maeve through watching that crap. So I had to find my own time to watch it. So well, and it also took us—I should say—it took us forever to actually find the movie for you. Um, yes, because yeah. down under it's not really readily available. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah, enough on that talk now, Brian. How are you? <laughs> what? It's available on Shutter right me. now here in the U.S. You don't have Shutter. No, we don't. Shutter isn't actually in Australia for some reason. Um, Which is they don't bullshit. like to be spooked down here. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, enjoyment-wise, in twenty-five minutes, yeah, I could squeeze that. I got maybe a two out of five. That's that's Enjoyment. fair. I would give it a three out of five because the ones I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed. Like I, it, it was. Again, if you take out if you take out the first and fourth ones, I think that you could have a really good anthology movie with just three stories that were expanded upon. Leave the middle one the mm-hmm. same, but make the first or the second and fifth story longer, um, and I think you'd have an overall relatively good movie. Not necessarily a great movie, but at least a serviceable movie. So mm-hmm. then, overall, what do you score the film? Uh, like, credit where credit's due, it was obviously... Well, see, that's the thing. Constance Wu was in, like, Crazy Rich Asians. So how the hell did they get her? So there must have been some bit of money behind it. So usually I give it a little bit of slack if it's, like, completely independent. But since it's kind of on, like, streaming services, and there's kind of a few people that we did recognize, I don't know, does it cut it? I think we're going to have... I, give it maybe out of five ooh maybe it was a two it was a two out of five okay two melanoma demons out of five yes exactly yeah (laughs) uh i'm gonna give it a three christmas spirits out of five um i think for the same things that you say but i know that it was a lot more i think independent that you think because they used like ucb theater there was a lot of ucb regulars that starred in the movie so a lot of it was cold from that, and she has done a lot with UCB theater here in the U.S., so that's how I think they got Constance Wu. And she really hasn't been in a whole lot of films other than Crazy Rich Asians. So I don't know if this was filmed before that or, or after or wherever it was done, but uh, again, it you know it's kind of like your mileage is going to vary if you're going to see it. This is not a movie that, before we started talking about it, you need to run out and you need to watch this movie. No, no. None of the you movies can listen you watch to this. There. <laughs> there's a couple that I think you need to see just for the ridiculousness factor. Like, there's no yep. way that you you know you have to. But none of this this definitely not one of those that you need to stop this and oh go watch it. No, you could totally no, forget let's it. Let's just say listening to you talk about them is a lot better than the movies because there's some that I've seen. <laughs> and when I listen to you talking about them and I've ha- I've seen them, I'm like this is way more entertaining than the movie. <laughs> 
So like sp- Ghost Ghost Rider, the last episode. Oh, Spirit of Vengeance? Oh man, because oh, I was on. like, this is so bad. It's ridiculous but- cage at his best. Yeah. Was, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I still haven't seen Mandy, and I need to see that. Um, a lot yeah. of people tell me about that film. And then he's got some other thing that just came out, too, that's supposedly really ridiculous. Like, he's just, you know what? He's finally come well, to terms in, with himself. He was himself. In Into the Spider-Verse. He was. He was. He, voiced the, he was Spider-Noir. Yeah, he was Spider-Noir in Into the Spider-Verse. But he, how, tell me this, Brian. How did we talk for nearly two hours about a movie I watched in 25 minutes? Tell me that. Well, how do we do it? Because uh, I took a lot of clips and I made you. <laughs> like reliving oh, man. the nightmare. Reliving it. Well, uh, I've only got you on here for a little bit more, but before I let you go, we have to talk about the next movie that uh, I'm going to put myself through and nobody else. Um, and like I said, it's very tough to find New Year's movies, but I managed to find one this year, and this one's going to be uh, Bloody New Year. It started as a day out, a trip that held the promise of fun and pleasure. But for Rick and his friends, the fun ended early when they landed on Grand Island. For those who dare, face a horrifying and bloody new year. By the dead, threatened by evil, chased by the unknown, terrorized by monsters. So that's going to be the fun British film that I'm going to watch for the next time. Um, it is available completely uh, in its entirety on YouTube. Uh, that's the only place that I can find it streaming right now. Uh, so uh, hopefully it'll still be available when by the time I get to the episode and get everything recorded. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you guys can all watch it on YouTube uh, right now. So without further ado, um, why don't you uh, give yourself some plugs out there, Richard? Ooh, got to get all the plugs ready. So, guys, as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, I am host of the Bizarre Cast. That's B-A-Z-A-A-R Cast. And the new direction, as I said, we're taking the show is just general movie discussion. And I will maybe, well, I will, I'll try. I'll get some more interviews soon. 
But in the latest episode, I'm going to give you a clickbait title right now, is the Siamese urinal fiasco. <laughs> so I'll leave your, <laughs> your, your minds wander on that one. And Robert Christopher is joining me. We actually had a good bit of fun. We talked about recent TV shows, what we're kind of missing. How we do the show is we don't really dissect in depth so much. It's more like what we're doing, what we have been doing. Like recently, I went to a... a Edgar Allan Poe inspired like dreamscape live performance talked a little bit about these different things because while I'm down in Australia seeing the world uh, I'm trying to get up on different experiences and things like that so it's more like exploring um, life right now is the new podcast so I'm not too sure when this is airing um, Brian so, so yeah, this, have a this look will at. be out today uh, after we finish uh, our, oh, today, our conversation okay. Same same day, same day recording. That is the way that I do things. Oh, wow. That's uh, really fast. So, yeah, I suppose yeah. yesterday I saw Into the Spider-Verse. It was really good. And that's not really a plug. Just thought I'd mention <laughs> it. So, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at The Fear Merchant. And Instagram, I'm tr- really trying to build that Instagram now. That is The Fear Merchant as well, or at The Fear Merchant. It's basically The Fear Merchant everywhere. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll very nicely put links in the show notes for of, of the course. podcast They'll and the Twitter. Of course, they'll all be readily there. Um, and uh, do you have a YouTube channel as well? Uh, I'm going to say no. There is one, but there's nothing on it. We haven't posted in years, probably two years now at this stage. Oh, wow. It, yeah. It used to be a video game Let's Plays, but uh, since I moved, I don't actually have a console. I only have a Switch. Well, I saw that you Switch. did pick up yourself a Switch, and I've got to pick up uh, Smash Brothers for myself at some point. Yeah, it's uh, really good. Uh, that's probably, I think I'm going to, today's episode, I'm actually recording back-to-back as well. So again, I'm recording with uh, Robert Christopher now, after we hang up, and provisional title could change into the Smashverse. <laughs> <laughs> you can guess what that's going to be about. I, I can guess. Uh, so... Uh, you know, for the show itself, you can find us on all those lovely same places, Instagram uh, and Facebook. It's a terrible terror podcast, uh, Twitter, T underscore T underscore podcast. Um, if you are interested, I know that Richard will probably be talking about Into the Spider-Verse, but I did do a review. We have that up on uh, the YouTube channel for the Terrible Terror podcast. Uh, the car review is there, or if you are on the Facebook page, it's also available there. Uh, where myself and uh, Paranormal Pat... Uh, we talk about seeing the film. We got to see it a little earlier than everybody else, so I waited on releasing the our little mini car review that we do. Uh, so go check it out on all those platforms. Uh, and as I've been doing with these Christmas episodes, uh, I've been playing a kind of non-traditional Christmas song at the end of them. Last time, you guys got some docking. Uh, today, you're going to get some Clownvis, who is a clown that is an Elvis impersonator. Uh, and he has a song that says, don't be a bitch on Christmas, or else you're not going to get any stuff. So we'll see you next time. Well, before before oh, you throw before that on, Before I guys, start throwing on here. Before, my last, my last say. He's got one I last thing, wish guys. everyone a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, whatever you're doing, whatever you celebrate. Hope everyone is safe this time of year. It's very icy out there. Uh, people, you know, take care of yourselves. And uh, Brian, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, as always. I hope we get that skeleton cop release soon so we can go through that i'll yes. put you through world of pain the next time well so, you yes, are everyone. the star of skeleton cop 
<laughs> I wouldn't say the star. I feature in the Skeleton Cup. I'm going to keep calling my, you uh, the star just so that when we do release it uh, and we do the episode, I can say one of the stars of Skeleton Cop and get a, that uh, big, you know, fear merchant boost to the episodes of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I do have a, a small voice role. It's uh, my debut into film land. So I'm waiting on that. I hope I made the final cut now. I'd be very disappointed otherwise. <laughs> otherwise, you put all this time and effort in promoting them and then all of a sudden you're cut out of the film. <laughs> You'd be like, uh, likely to happen. Shoot, who was that actor? There was an actor. I know where this is way off topic. Um, I want to say it's Jimmy Pardo that got cut out of Dreamgirls. Like he was in a big okay. part of it, and then he gets cut out of it completely. And he always oh, brings it nice. up. I read about all the money in the world where they just reshot Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally cut his ass out of the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. So with that, yes, I do want to wish everybody a very merry Christmas as well. Um, from both myself, the Yuletide Fear podcast, and the Cheer Merchant over here. Uh, we will see you next time. Don't be a bitch or you won't get stuff for Christmas. You better look out, you better not cry. You better watch out, I'm telling you why. Don't be a bitch or you won't get stuff for Christmas. He's making a list, checking it twice. Gonna find out who's been a bitch. Don't be a bitch or you won't get stuff for Christmas. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you have been a bitch, so don't be a bitch. You better watch out, you better not cry You better look out, I'm telling you why Don't be a bitch or you won't get stuff for Christmas Hey! He sees you when you're sleeping He knows when you're awake knows if you have been a bitch so don't be a bitch you better watch out you better not cry you better look out i'm telling you why don't be a bitch or you won't get stuff for christmas don't be a bitch or you won't get stuff for christmas don't be a bitch or you won't get stuff for Christmas. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.